this episode, by the way, we got like this high ranking military character, you know, like Hera. Um, that has to answer for disobeying orders, like being threatened to be court martialed. Yeah. And then she finds herself, um, traveling through time with whales. Is Ahsoka just ripping off, uh, Star Trek for Voyage Home? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nemoidians and Toydarians of all ages, hello there, and welcome to The Fet and the Furious, a show where fellow like-minded bad babies have formed an alliance to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the galaxy far, far away. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow traveler of the world between worlds, Travis, to discuss the fifth episode of the long-awaited live-action Star Wars Disney Plus streaming series, Ahsoka Shadow Warrior. It's a no-brainer to see and hard not to hear why the studio deemed this episode worthy of screening in IMAX theatrically. For me, this is the best-looking and best-sounding episode of the series so far, and it may be the most lavish episode of any of the Disney Plus Mandoverse series to date. Even with Sabine, Balin, Shin, and Morgan Elspeth gone intergalactic after last week, the OG Star Wars Galaxy's hottest spot is on Setos. This place has it all. Beautiful landscapes, autumnal foliage. Mysterious standing stones, space whales, visions of the world between worlds, including lightsaber duels, de-age Hayden Christensen's, and flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Visually and orally, Shadow Warrior is so classically cinematic that it makes me wish, once again, there was still such a thing as Star Wars movies. (laughs) But Travis, halfway through the episode, something hit me. We all know that Hayden Christensen's performance as Anakin was much derided after the prequel trilogy, and rightfully so. It's lifeless and awful, but really, with the exception of her boy Palpy and a young hot Scotsman playing Obi-Wan, what wasn't lifeless and awful in those movies? But now hear me out. Are we slowly getting the live-action Anakin we all deserved, the one we all dreamed of as children, imagining what the menacing Darth Vader was like as an up-and-coming Jedi warrior befall, before falling to the dark side. And is it just me? Or was Hayden Christensen like pretty good in this episode? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he got a bum rap in the, uh, the prequels, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thankfully, everyone else pretty much in that movie or in those movies are bad too, so it, it can't be singled out on him. But yeah, this is the best uh, acting from him as Anakin in live action for sure. Uh, yeah, it, it's At least just for me. I, I think in general, like 
overall between the few kind of flashback moments that we had in the live action Obi-Wan series that like has kind of been forgotten in the public conscious as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I forgot he's in that. (laughs) I forgot that was a thing sometimes. I just. Yeah, yeah. It kind of runs together with all the other (laughs) stuff a little bit. But and I don't hate that show. It's, it's like a very mixed bag. <laughs> some of it is really good. And the parts mm-hmm. that are really good are getting to see like Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen kind of be able to like delve deep into character rather than just being told by a director, like faster, more intense, louder, more intense, which was like <laughs> the famous thing that George Lucas would scream. That was like all he was good at directing. Cause like at the end of the day, I think I know. And like, we all kind of know like Lucas, when he was filming those live action bits, wasn't really thinking about getting the best performances out of these people. He was thinking about where he can position them to get the computer generated imagery and the special effects in place afterwards. Those are very much movies that feel assembled in post the bum rap that Hayden Christensen got, I think is because he, for whatever reason, never really got the opportunity afterwards to prove himself elsewhere as opposed to other actors in that franchise that we all kind of, you know, think of in such great light, like the Natalie Portman's of the world, the Ewan McGregor's of the world, the Samuel L. Jackson's of the world, the Frank Oz's of the world, um, directed Little Shop of Horrors. And the um, the only thing else he has to point to is in the mouth of madness. And he's only in that for a second. Yeah, and we aren't even sure if that's him or that's just a meme going around the internet. But Yes, yes. <laughs> but he never got that opportunity, and now I'm kind of even more upset. Like, I kind of like the prequels even less after seeing this, <laughs> knowing that we could have gotten that. Like, we got more insight into how tragic the fall of this great person was in the very brief glimpses of him in this episode. than I think I got for the entire prequel trilogy with the exception of like a couple small bits. Having rewatched revenge of the Sith today. Yes. Uh, it was very noticeable. The uh, jarring difference in quality of performance. Uh, he's much better in this. He has uh, my favorite delivery in this episode. I, like his ability to dance between I guess the light and the dark side for for like just really on the nose like analogy in terms um where he's saying that he understands things aren't the way they're supposed to be mm-hmm. and has the ability to go from being this mentor fatherly figure to you're with me or against me, like the the end of Revenge of the Sith very quickly in this in this episode. And it feels like a natural transition and within character and not just we have to get from point A to point B. <laughs> so just say it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the big thing, I, I didn't get to see this episode theatrically. It was showing relatively close to me, but I didn't want to um I didn't want to stay up till like 12 o'clock on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I uh, stayed awake till like 12 o'clock on Monday um, to watch uh, 
might befall in New York Jets, even though they fucking won. Like, I don't know if you know this. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably like one of the best quarterbacks like alive right now. It was like a huge fucking deal because his team fucking sucks. And literally the first drive, he like tore his Achilles, like out for the season, done. Oh uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like everyone, like I got a, I got a Rogers jersey. Um, my father was all excited, and my dad's like approaching his eighties, and it's been a bit between like him, my sister, and I, where it's like the New York Mets or the Jets are going to be the end of this guy. Like either like he kills himself or has a heart attack or something like that. And when this is like a, like a serious conversation that we have all the time. And like when it happened, I shot the text out, like, can you believe it? And then, you know, it was radio silence for 15 minutes. And I'm like, Okay, now I'm genuinely fucking concerned. <laughs> concerned yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Luckily, my father's he's okay, but um, I stayed awake very late on Monday. I did not go see this thing theatrically on Tuesday, and was kind of like, why would they release one of these things theatrically? Because as good as the Star Wars TV shows look, um, I don't think that they've looked as good as the films have. Um, and watching this, it. It may be the Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i excited at the prospect of a, a Star Wars movie with these characters in the future or whatnot, but I haven't rewatched Revenge of the Sith. These shows look better. <laughs> these shows look better than those, yeah. but you know what yeah. I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about the, the, the solos the and the Rogue Ones yeah. and the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Like, say what you will about the sequel trilogy. Like, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and and what's the third one called? Um, Last Skywalker is that the name of it? Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Palpatine has returned. Somehow, somehow Palpatine's yeah. returned. Yes, <laughs> Palpatine's returned. Dot dot dot. Somehow question mark. Um, <laughs> um, those movies look good, like really good. Look mm-hmm. totally finished. CGI looks great. There's nothing to complain about visually in those things. Uh, unlike a lot of franchises that we hear <laughs> on MCU Beyond Infinity talk about all the fucking time. It's the foundation of this podcast, but like... It's become more of an issue as time has went on. It really has, but like when I was watching, and we've talked about it recently, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like when that started and we got that first battle, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm watching Marvel at home, you know? Um, there has been, and I think it is the volume that has been kind of as great as the Mandalorian looks. And that show looks incredible for television. Mm -hmm. Like they have found a way to bring um, the budgetary constraints out of the equation for star Wars and deliver a product that doesn't look like janky and dingy. Um, It's a good thing that they didn't get to make a live action star Wars when they originally announced one, probably because it, as great as it sounded, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very excited. It would have been a horrible idea, more than likely. Yeah, if it was just, wasn't it going to be about Elon Slee's bag? You know, the Death Wish, the Death Stick. It's supposed story? to be Star Wars Underworld or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Elon Slee's bag, you know, story, where <laughs> you know he he stays yeah. up all night. The first selling. episode is him giving up, you selling Death Sticks, and it's yeah. <laughs> The second episode is him like uh, at an AA meeting, a dust stick meeting, and and it's like him and uh, what's his name was probably got like fifteen years in recovery. Uh, Dexter Jetster, 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like Dexter Jackson. Dexter Jackson is cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's cleaned He's up in his recovery. Act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter Jets there definitely. He's got the Serenity Prayer like tattooed on his bicep. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, he comes with this chip and. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's what that figure needed like an AA chip to go with it Just, uh, oh my god Did a, you little necklace? Yeah. a little necklace uh, at HA they give us um, key tags uh, like like you know we get like little like keychains maybe mm-hmm. they'll have like just like 20 keychains on like one of those <laughs> big things to open all those diner doors or whatever Due to the beginning of Fight Club when the guy uh, Meatloaf's character is like hugging yeah. Ed Norton and it's just Elon sleeves Bagano getting like smothered in in Dexter Jetster's tits. <laughs> um, but no, I think this episode looked like incredible, like right from the start. I think Cetos, the planet, is inherently very cinematic. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Like, I, the, like they only played the single episode, though, right? They only played the single episode. I was thinking, like, we we'll do it last week, but like, this week it would have been a cool thing to see last week's episode too, with this one uh, as a recap, and that episode was pretty cool too. <laughs> that like, episode had the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. This I as spoilers for our reviews later on. I enjoyed last week's episode a lot more, but this episode, um, I don't know, it. it it made it feel like part of the larger Star Wars universe in a way that felt very befitting to the Skywalker saga, as opposed to suddenly Palpatine's returned and just like yes. forcing Skywalker shit down our throats. Um, we complained about the first two episodes, really three episodes, not doing a lot of exposit, like mm-hmm. the expository stuff that they did was all telling and not showing after having seen this. I think that could have all been consolidated and this could have been the halfway point and I would have gotten the gist of it. Like if I had never seen Clone Wars or Rebels, I could have been like, oh, I wonder what this lady's deal is. And then finding all this out halfway through would have been like kind of an interesting thing for first time viewers mm-hmm. um, as opposed to showing a bunch of stuff where people are talking about things that no one who's seen those things hasn't seen those things cares about. And, maybe tuning out by now you know what i mean it's always a bummer when you get to like the fourth or fifth episode of something like a limited series and you're like no stick with it this is where it picks up yeah yeah i assure you it gets better i hate that stuff and unfortunately like this is kind of like that um Mm -hmm. i liked the the map to peridia like being chopped in half and getting to see it on Cetos. um Mm -hmm. Because it looked old. You know what I mean? Like, it, it looked like um, like a watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought all that was, like, really, really neat. Um, the Ghost is a ship that I know was on Rebels. Like, the translation here, I'm assuming, is, like, impeccable, right? Oh, I, uh, I assume so. I don't remember the ship. I'll be honest. Are you, like, actively <laughs> watching the show? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm trying to watch an episode here and there. That is uh, my plan. Okay. 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 Um, 
Yeah, I, I I know people who like love Rebels who are just like absolutely eating this fucking show up. Yeah, my my only notes on the uh, ship are that there's apparently a, a Freddy Prince Jr. photo in it. I heard, I heard. Yeah, I didn't see it. I I was even when I started the episode, I, I thought that I should watch for it that I had heard about it, and yeah, I, I forgot until it was halfway over, and I'm not rewinding again. Yeah, and we don't need that. We both carry little Polaroids of Freddie Prince Jr. on yeah. our desk. Yeah, <laughs> we just have it on our dashboard of our of our cars anyway. So, um, we were both talking before we started recording that this show is very lucky they cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead <laughs> in the role of General, yeah, yeah Hera Sedula because this dialogue is clunky at best, mm-hmm. and she and, can deliver it. Yeah, yeah. The weak parts of this episode are all the the kind of way stood the Hera uh, portion of the story, and it's not even as bad as it would be. You know, it, it's it's okay, uh, and it's only okay because it's her in this fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, and and the classic bad parenting when they land on this planet that <laughs> evil Sith lords were just doing battle with like actual Jedi who apparently lost from the way things look, and the child coming out behind her being like, "Can I go play in the woods?" And it's like, "Yeah, don't go too far. <laughs> Seems okay." Uh, yes, yes. Hot take: I don't think I like Chopper. Oh yeah, well he hasn't murdered anyone yet. It- <laughs> Yes. Can't judge yeah. him too harshly yet. Uh, yeah. I heard he's got a body count, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's killed uh, several thousand. Uh, thousand? Yeah, yeah, he well, he sabotaged the ship, the ship died, exploded or whatever, and that he gets credit for all of the kills on it. Dang, <laughs> it's dang. It's like 40,000, something like that. Uh, it was a refugee ship. It's considered genocide. <laughs> <laughs> It was just Nazis, though, so it's fine. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's excusable. That's excusable. Uh, I don't like his stupid head. I uh, I don't like the way the kid the, fits the head behind wobbled him. constantly that he has in this. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. He's like a Canadian droid. I'm uh, I'm of two minds about it. I uh, I like him well enough in the cartoon as far as like all droids are kind of fun at times, but yeah, uh, he's not really doing much of interest. Uh. And the fact that they paired him with this child actor makes me not want to see too much of him because I don't want... <laughs> yeah. Well, knowing his tendency for murder, maybe this is a good thing. <laughs> maybe he should go off in the woods. Yeah. This yeah, fucking yeah. murder bot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this murder... Accidents happen. This honking murder bot. He just kind of like bobbles and honks his way through situations. Mm-hmm. Although, I have to say, you said like droids are always kind of fun. Kind of MVP moment of this is like... They hear a little noise at Space Stonehenge and they go behind and very dramatically uh, Sassy Butler Droid is now sad. Sassy Butler Droid, who Yang, is uh, standing behind a pillar very dramatically overlooking the ocean holding the Mandalorian helmet of Sabine's. Uh, very somberly uh, recalling how he told them to stay together, but they never listen. Um, the score in this episode... I have kind of dismissed the music a little bit. Um, And I think I'm unfairly comparing it to Ludwig Gersten's uh, score. I think it's good in this episode. Like I took special note of it. 
Um, especially the stuff like after sad robot droid, it cuts back to the Tron world, uh, the world between worlds, um, where like Ahsoka is seeing like a young Anakin and they're bickering about how he looks the same and she looks old. And, mm-hmm. um, she asks what he's doing here. And he's like, well, what are you doing here? Like, you're the one who just like lo- literally lost a fight. Like we just watched you, we just watched you lose. There's some stuff I still got to teach you. Um, subtle scoring. I think the sound in this episode, like I watched it, uh, earlier today with like my big noise cancelers on, like not on my TV and, the lightsaber sound fucking great, man. I still like get chills like with the lightsaber noises. Yeah, the uh, only part of the score I remember about this episode is really the uh, the end credit song. It's very Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you were saying how you watched Revenge of the Sith today. Yes. Um, in Tron world, Ahsoka asked Anakin you know, what's my, what's my lesson going to be? And Anakin takes his lightsaber out and starts attacking, uh, Ahsoka and says like, it's time to learn how to live or die. Mm-hmm. And, um, the lightsabers look so good in this and they don't in revenge of the Sith. Like they're, uh, right? there's something off about them. And the way they light their surrounding, I think is part of it, but there's more. It looks so fantastic in the Tron world. And I think it's one of the things about Tron that really gets me. I know I'm like, now I'm talking about Tron. It is Star Wars. It's called <laughs> the world between worlds. But one of the reasons yeah. I like Tron and, and I was so like invested when Tron legacy came out and like demanding people want to go see it in like IMAX 3d is the stark contrast between um, like a all black backdrop and that neon kind of lighting and what you can do to light figures and things with that kind of stark lack of color with the neon color. It just like looks so cool. And there's a lot of these like fantastic close-up shots where Ahsoka's blade is up against Anakin's blade and Mm -hmm. you get great reflections on both their faces. Yeah. It helps that they're actually using light sticks now with, these Star Wars shows, it's not just something they they add in a post or whatever. It's not just like a toilet paper roll that they're yeah, banging against yeah, each yeah. other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for the prequel trilogy? It's kind of fascinating. Uh, no, no, not a ton. Uh, I'm sure I did at one point, but I, I can't recall much of anything. Uh. Yeah, they're all, they're all kind of fascinating. Like, one, because... There wasn't a lot of fight choreography for the bigger battle stuff. Um, obviously, there was stunt choreography for like the one-on-one stuff, the like yeah. duel of the fates. But like the battle of Genosis, where it's just like a million Jedi and a million, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, battle Roger Roger droids. It's just so like they're swinging swords, and we'll add something you're hitting in post. Yeah, it's so goofy looking. It's so <laughs> goofy looking. It's just individual actors in blue rooms just swinging a toilet paper roll around with absolutely absolutely like no care in the world for like what they're doing you know and they just put lights in in post it's ridiculous uh, yeah it's not too surprising huh? no 
so like Gina Carano really fucked herself, huh? On uh, being like a bigot piece of shit and like going about it publicly on the internet and then like doubling down on it, right? Yeah, I mean it's worked out for uh, Carson Tito, so yeah. It has worked out for our boy Carson Tito. He's apparently a big fan of the franchise, so it's kind of nice for him. Is he? Yeah, I was watching an interview with him uh, yesterday where he talked about having like. Various Star Wars costumes uh, in his home. Uh, oh, that's dope. He's on um a show like a sitcom called uh, Kim's, Kim's Grocery. Convenience. Kim's Convenience. Yeah, yeah. that's where CMLU came from. Yes. Yeah, cool. I uh, watched the first season and a half of it whenever uh, before Sean Chi came out. Enjoyed it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good on it. Yeah. Uh, CMLU's a lot of fun in Barbie. So is. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, him and him and the dude from that horrible Secret Invasion show, the bad guy whose name I can't even remember anymore. Oh yeah, uh, Benadir or something. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I remember the actor's name. I'm trying to think of the oh, character's uh, name. I don't think I can remember the name. No one can. No one can. It was literally like three weeks ago. We can't even remember what the fuck mm-hmm. it was. Um, yeah, him ask and- the actor what his name was. I I don't think he even knows. Uh, I don't think he'll know. No. He's like, I just made a billion dollars for Barbie. I'm I'm pretty good. <laughs> we'll get back to other actors who made a billion dollars for Barbie later on in the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they both play Ken's. But um, yeah, Gina Carano really fucked herself because um, Carson Tiva is slowly becoming the Nick Fury for all these shows. Agent Coulson, I would give uh, fair to a bit. Even better. Even better. Yeah. Much, much, much better comparison. Um yeah, he like lands on uh, Space Stonehenge to kind of like see what the deal is and name drop Senator Organa and uh, get the member berries out there being like, uh, you know, Leia can't cover for us much longer if they ask any more questions. Um, that's the moment that made me think their child with these force abilities is going to be murdered by... Senator Organa's <laughs> child someday when Do you think he he's up like a Jedi Academy show or something. Is that what we're doing here? Oh yeah. I hope so because it'll end with the massacre of all of them. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if Ahsoka's going to start her own school. It's not going to end with Master or some other thing that prevents them from being into later movies. Uh, an idea of doing a Jedi Academy show and using a de-aged Adam driver, like making him like a 12 year old body with his <laughs> face seems fun. You yeah. Know what I, I mean, mean, Star Wars doesn't want to recast people. It seems like no. <laughs> you sign away your likeness rights. You're just fucking done. Yeah. You're done for good. The shit with, um, this guy's name is Jason, but every time I see it written, it, it looks like Jaken. Um, so I'll call him Jaken, the little annoying boy, Jaken. The stuff that I didn't like in this episode was like, listen, mother, listen for the sounds. And yeah, I didn't like it either. I, uh, I may have looked to see if he was related to someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not as far as I can tell, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's. Wish him that, no ill will. I just it could be worse. He's not the worst child actor uh, ever or anything. It's just fucking 
Uh, He's not even the worst child actor in Star Wars. I wasn't going to say because uh, the yeah. only one gets gotten enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the kid who played Baby Greedo in... Uh, <laughs> that kid was awful, yeah. That kid was terrible. Um, he didn't even give us a clunky. <laughs> Imagine Baby Anakin accidentally shot him or something just, like that. Yeah, I, at this point, I just want the prequels to get uh, special editions where... The things that the younger generation likes about it get altered permanently. And if anyone listening to this knows of a bootleg special edition, a la the despecialized editions of the original trilogy, please yeah, reach out to Travis and stuff for like fixing CGI. Just, yeah, yeah, anything like that. Uh, yeah, taking out the annoying bits. You know, maybe well, cutting I, it I know down there to are fan cuts, but yeah. Those are hard to watch, though. The guy from, like, that 70s show, not the one who's, like, the sex monster, the guy from... Uh, uh, Topher. Topher Grace, yes. Yes. Um, yes. I know he made one, and I have watched that, but still, it's like, this thing is, like, just three hours of my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't even log this version on Letterboxd. <laughs> but I could log all three on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Technically, I consumed all their contents. <laughs> get my points up um yeah i did not like the bit where this guy was like listen to the wind and, yes uh, yes he's force sensitive hair is force sensitive she can hear it i guess and who yang has to remind uh korean of the new republic that um they're both force sensitive yeah yeah and freddie prince jr is like definitively dead right i believe so as far as people can die at star wars yes and now they can come back. He can be a ghost. Uh, yeah. Could be a ghost. Could be in the world between worlds. Like, who knows? There's a bit where they're explaining how you become a forest ghost and Renaissance is awful. I, it's I, all so all, all the stuff towards the end of that movie is awful. Uh, yeah, it's so irritating. Um, I love the lightsaber fight in Tron World and the world between worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about uh, Anakin's de aging uh, era? I don't this yeah, yeah, it was pretty consistently good. I'm wondering if it was like a lighting thing last week or if it just wasn't finished. Maybe it was just me last week. I was very taken back. Again, like the perception of seeing Hayden Christensen as somebody who like was a teenager when those movies came out. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, more of this guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so maybe I was just bummed out about it as opposed yeah, I, to I don't people. really recall how his CGI looked for him in Obi-Wan but yeah I remember them not really using it too heavily in Obi-Wan and it just kind of like working in anyway Vader costume right yeah for most of it for most of it they do have like a scene on Coruscant where you see like Obi-Wan and him like training and him getting a little yeah yeah that's right yeah but it like it looked decent enough there and mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe again, like you just mentioned, maybe it's how it's lit. That was like a much brighter sequence. And this was this, you know, dark moody Tron world. Um, but I, I liked this lightsaber battle. I thought the lighting was especially good. And the sound design was especially good. Listening to it on noise cancellation um, through my headphones and on the stereo on a on Tuesday night when it came out was kind of all exciting stuff and got, got me thinking, I get why this was released theatrically. Why don't they release theatrical star Wars movies? Like and <laughs> it's because they're scared, right? Yeah. yeah. 
They're like, it's well, a- if it fails on TV, it just fails on TV, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say about the action, though. I enjoyed all the action in this episode, too. It was all uh, a whole lot of wide shots where you can tell what, where things are uh, take place and what's happening. Uh, not always the case <laughs> with no. uh, action in Star Wars. And because of those wide shots, we know that there are two actual people. We hope there are two actual people mm-hmm. sitting there actually doing, you know, choreography with one another, as opposed to those close-ups where it's like, okay, now take this shot. Now take this shot. And yes. um, I don't know. It felt like there was a lot of thought behind this and mm-hmm. I appreciated that. You know, the side view is, is pretty good, even though it, it does feel uh, like street fighter or something at times. Yeah, yeah, this is but the it makes sense in this context. Yeah, this is a DLC board that you can get in, like whatever <laughs> the new tech end is or something like that. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like um, Mortal Kombat has uh, they're owned by Warner Brothers, so we would never get a Star Wars level in a Mortal Kombat, but mm. oh, well, Yoda was in one of oh, no, it was Avery and he was in Soul Calibur, that's right. Uh, yes, yes, this is a yeah, DLC yeah, yeah. board in Soul Calibur, then. <laughs> Confirmed, confirmed. I I have been, uh, side note, I've been going down rabbit holes once again where I watch all the cutscenes for like Mortal Kombat 9 and shit like that. Like, I don't know if you ever, you ever go down those rabbit holes where you're like, I'm not going to play a video game, but I'll watch like 12 hours of just like what the story is for some reason. I thought about doing that with uh, Fallen Order, the Star Wars game, because I, I'm would like to play the second one, but I don't want to play through the first one. <laughs> yes. I I played through both those games, but honestly, like when it got challenged, cause I'm not like a video game person. Yeah. Uh, when it got challenging, I would switch to like easy mode so I could crank through and just get to the, the star Wars stuff. Um, kind of happy I did because it has surprisingly a lot of continuity to the shit that's going on in these Disney plus shows. Um, like, I don't yeah. really want to get, get into it too much, but like the map, like the inside to that thing, like looks a lot like some stuff that you have to do in, uh, in fallen order. And also like that character has like an ability, very similar to Ahsoka that we've seen her use actually. in like the first or second episode, like when Sabine's like house got like ransacked and she went missing and she used her like, Sherlock Holmes skills to like see what yeah. happened. Yeah, that's like a force ability that like you learned. I think it's called like whispering or something like that. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that you get to use that in uh in, in the 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 new Star Wars games, and it kind of reminds me of like detective mode in Arkham. Yeah, you know yeah, I can mean? see that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh where instead of like just looking at things like from a forensics eye, you're just like, oh, I have space magic. And, you know, you use your space magic to like solve the detective skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get to the real nerdy shit where the Clone Wars fans probably went crazy. In the midst of this fight, um, Luke, uh, Jesus, Anakin Skywalker, not Luke Skywalker, uh, smiles and slices the Tron bridge between them and they fall down into the depths, right? And Ahsoka wakes up as like a younger version of herself in this like desolate location that's completely obscured by fog as like clone troopers in like the 501st kind of armor start like running past her 
And, and I'll, I'll have you know they're just three thirty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which unit or whatever they're in. It's uh, but yes, we get young Ahsoka in costume from the cartoon. The early seasons. And we get younger Anakin in his battle armor. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in his battle yeah. armor. Um Obviously, Ahsoka at this point is very confused and doesn't understand why she's experiencing one of her first missions. And Anakin tells her, you know, that is her problem, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah, he's this whole thing is he's training her, finishing her training is what the, uh, the idea is, which I like this episode a lot. I don't fully understand what. <laughs> What lesson he's trying to convey, I, I get a general sense of it, but yeah. So like, I, I, I have some ideas on like what the general lesson is that he's <laughs> trying to teach her. And it's based off of really two things that happened, three things that happened. Two of them are throwaway lines from the prequels. And one of them is a scene from the original trilogy. And the scene from the original trilogy is Luke on Dagobah, like, having that dream where he has to like walk into a weird tree and then he fights Darth Vader on with himself. Yes. yes, And it's himself. And then in the Phantom Menace, there's like this brief line where Obi-Wan tells uh, whatever space Liam Neeson's Star Wars fans are hating me right now. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes. Qui-Gon. He's like, I'm ready to take the trials master. If you think I can be a Jedi Knight's, and later Anakin mentions something, another throwaway line about how he's ready to take the trial. So the trials must be this thing that you did in Jedi Academy before you were granted, like, now I'm a Jedi. You know what I mean? Yeah. I assume Ahsoka never got to take her version of the trials. I don't know on that. I uh, I know there's an episode about younglings taking a trial or something. I, okay. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it seems like the trials are less of a physical thing and more of a mental thing where you have mm-hmm. to overcome the weaknesses within yourself that are holding you back from fully embracing uh, being one with the Force and the Force being one with you. And in Luke's case, it was facing the newly learned fact that Darth Vader, you know, I never knew who my dad was and then I found out he was Darth Vader and now I'm going to confront that. Here I am confronting it and having it look back at me. Um, Ahsoka's is I have had so much grief in my life I have to Mm -hmm. live with the fact that not only did my master turn to become like evil space Hitler (laughs) I might have been the reason he did like if I was around I probably could have stopped that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, and, and me leaving and becoming disenfranchised with the Jedi Order was one of the final things that pushed him completely over the edge you know so so that's what i'm assuming all of this says yeah i uh i think it's all about her overcoming uh her feelings what her legacy and anakin's uh there the episode title is shadow warrior and it's a reference to the kurosawa film kage musha which means shadow warrior and in that there's a uh person who takes over a role for someone else and they wrestle with the weight of the responsibility and what's come before. And it's similar here. Uh, 
Yeah, I didn't take a lot of notes for this, but I did have a note on the title being Shadow Warrior, possibly being Anakin consumed by the shadow of the dark side and his past, as well as Ahsoka confronted by the shadow of her own past. Yeah. Much like uh, everything Star Wars, the famous George Lucas, you see it rhymes. It's like poetry. Mm -hmm. Uh, The beginning is the end is the end is the beginning. Um, One of the only Akira Kurosawa films I haven't seen, and it's the... The one that's there's most relevant just for the... <laughs> I know, I know. The, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. I, uh, I already seen it this week, so it was just coincidence. Well, like, I like those later... Well, I've only seen three of... Uh, two of them, rather. I've seen, like, Ran and Dreams. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the... This is the other color, like, Kurosawa film, right? Yeah, yeah, there's... Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some pretty uh, wild colors in a dream sequence. It's kind of similar to what's happening in this, where uh, the guy that's taking over the role for another person fights the person in a dream, and it's, yeah, it's what's going on with Anakin and Ahsoka here, kind of. Yeah, it's and if you're listening to this and you don't know, like Akira Kurosawa is this heralded... Uh, like master of cinema and Japanese cinema, his career goes back to like post World War Two. Yeah, um, yeah. Up He's until much, if you've only seen one Japanese film or only heard one Japanese filmmaker's name, it's probably him. Yes, yes. Especially if you're thinking like the grand tradition of Japanese cinema, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you like smart, it's probably Takashi Miki, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or um, Shogun Assassin, or what's the other one we like with the chick? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the uh, female convict scorpion, uh, Lady Snowblood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lady Snowblood, female convict scorpion. Forty nine. What's the seven oh one? Seven oh one. This is the final first all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't uh, the five oh first? Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm fairly certain. I think, but yeah, I, I don't actually know. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> you didn't see a Rex in there. Uh, there is a Rex in uh, later at the Siege of Mandalore. Interesting. I like yeah. before this uh, this sequence ends, we see um, Ahsoka use her green lightsaber, right? That was the uh, yeah. that was like her original lightsaber before he gave her the the fucking the dual blade. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, and I like. Very much. This is the sequence where I'm like thinking now maybe Hayden Christensen is a good Darth Vader where he's explaining her how she has to be a soldier despite the upbringing as a keeper of the peace. That's something that led to the downfall of the Jedi Order. But no matter what, that is part of who she is in the presence. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Just because you grew up the way you did doesn't mean that has to define who you are. Um, you can make your own decisions at this point, but like the things you learned back then are the things that should define who you are in the future. And I really, really liked that sequence where Skywalker's explaining all this and she's yeah. like, well, what if I don't want to do it? And he's like, well, then you'll die. And you s- see his... Uh, his eyes start glowing yellow and his, his, his um, lightsaber starts turning red and his voice starts sounding like a mix of Hayden Christensen and, and James Earl Jones in the mix kind of. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, I like the bit where he says that Jedi are the keepers of the peace, and they cherish it. They don't care how many men, women, and children they have to kill to keep it. <laughs> then an eagle flies and lands he, on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, and hugs him, and that's uh, mm-hmm. a buzz droid hugs him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the. I want to say they touch on this in the Clone Wars cartoon, so where uh, she makes a decision to get some clone troopers killed and. The weight of it uh, bears down on her. The mm-hmm. fact that it, uh, she's a fourteen-year-old in uh, it doesn't hit the same in animation as it does in live action, where the actress that played her does a, a pretty good job of uh, taking on this character and imbuing it with the weight that it needs, and uh, yeah, and the personality. The actress they got playing her is uh, Ariana Greenblatt, who. Mm-hmm played young Gamora in infinity war. One of the most profitable movies in history. Yes. Yes. Recently was one of the top stars of Barbie. One of the most profitable movies in history. Is it the most profitable uh, female directed movie in history? A hundred thousand percent. Yeah. A hundred thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's in star Wars. So I assume that, She'll be set for life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Famous for playing uh, a young version of old hotties, such as um, Zoe Saldana and uh, Rosario uh, Dawson. Rosario yeah. Dawson. Maybe there'll be a flashback in the Batman 2 where she plays young <laughs> yeah, Zoe yeah. Kravitz. Yeah, <laughs> or something <yeah>. like that. <laughs> I, I thought this actress nailed it. I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interplay with Anakin, uh, Hayden Christensen being on the ball in this series too, like the interplay between them makes both uh, so much better. It's incredible how her performance can lift material, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, louder, faster, more intense, right? Yeah. <laughs> louder, faster, more intense. Yeah. I hate sand. Yeah. 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 I always think of the scene where he like cuts the pear and like feeds it to Natalie Portman or whatever he does. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're like they're like having dinner, and he like cuts like a piece of fruit and like hands it to her. Yeah, with the force, yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's pretty awful. All the yeah. Attack of the Clones, Padme, Anakin stuff. It's somehow worse than when they're flirting, and he's like an eight year old in Phantom Menace. It's somehow worse than when he's an eight year old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost as bad as young Jason Zendula. Um. Like listening for whatever he hears the lightsabers the or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the waves, the waves. And um I guess like back at Space Stonehenge, they like are starting like a recon and like um like I guess hovering over the water, right? Listening mm-hmm. for or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. When I was rewatching, uh, I've seen I've seen a few reactions to it too. I don't remember the Hera stuff as much. Uh, it's kind of wasted. Those point parts are so much less interesting. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But they're they're listening to the waves and they hear the lightsaber clashing and so blah, blah, get, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, uh, <laughs> you have that new sound effect. You that would be the point. Yeah. Oh, I uh, do have the new sound effect. Hold on. Yes. Yeah, that's what it all sounds like to me. Yeah, I, 
one thing I want to mention before we move on uh, from this was well, saying the past scene, uh, the bits where they use the silhouettes of Vader and things like that, those were really well done. The smoke and everything on these planets, I'm sure it's like a budgetary thing, but it breeds creativity when you have limitations like that. As does the lighting, the mm-hmm. transitions. Again, like them going from that one battle, we get the quick cutaway to the, the little kid Hera shit. Yeah, yeah. And then we get them reliving the past and it's the um the Mandalorian battle and, and the Siege of Mandalore, something that you know we've heard about in the the third season of The Mandalorian specifically. Yeah. It was like a huge part of the final season of Clone Wars. It's a huge part of Ahsoka's backstory and Sabine, our release Sabine. Um, I think the colors here are really interesting. I think the smoke is really interesting. You said like those limitations, like breeds creativity. A lot of this is supposed to be a sort of like existential kind of like thought experiment more than an action sequence. And for what that is, this is all kind of on the money for me. Mm -hmm. They were, they could have thrown Darth Maul to see mm. Mandalore, and it would have been uh, something they could have done. It could have done, and it wouldn't have been out of place. But I'm kind of glad they they didn't. It didn't really need. I would have been happy to see him, of course. But yeah, it. it he drops down. He's like a, a corn song starts playing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. seeing the uh, the Darth Maul Death Watch troopers was enough to let you know when it's taking place in the Clone Wars cartoon that it's yeah during the portion where he was ruling Mandalore pretty much. And Skywalker being a little aged up here, like they don't do it. Yeah, he's pretty much. This is taking place concurrently with Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so so he has that kind of like Revenge of the Sith look. His um, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought all this looked so cool, like visually. I thought the sound design was so interesting. Like nice choreography with the action, uh, young Ahsoka, all that. Really nice, and and the action like not taking precedent over the dialogue and the. And and no. what's happening thematically? Yeah, yeah, they give you just a little bit of good action, and then it's back to character uh, interplay, which is a strong suit of this particular episode. I liked it a lot, and the uh, the bit where uh, Ahsoka starts telling Anakin uh, about his legacy, and how he's more powerful and deadly than people realized, and the bit where uh, he says that you're more than uh, he's more than that. And just all of that particular exchange is my favorite bit of dialogue in the episode, kind of. The, the delivery and the, you're, you're better than your worst mistakes, basically. Is what yeah, I mean. yeah. Yeah, you're not just the legacy of your masters. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Even though he was kind of space Hitler's second in command. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't Hitler, but he was like the guy who ran Auschwitz. Yeah, I did Google that site earlier today just to see if it's a name I could mention on podcast and it not get, uh, yeah. yeah. Instantly red flagged, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Along with the million other things that we've probably said that are instantly red flagged. There's a reason it has to be listed as explicit. Yeah. 
I, I should apologize. A couple of weeks ago, I made a joke about how old the voice actress playing Harley Quinn is. Um, and then she yeah. died like the moment I said that. Yeah. 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 It, she heard me speak it into existence and she died. So sorry about killing that lady. Yeah. Um, not our best moment, but not our best. Not proud of it. No. Thought about editing it out. Decided to keep it in and triple it. Um, <laughs> Jeez. I, I loved all this so much and it made me think a lot about the prequels and how, again, Lucas with the prequels didn't emphasize performance. He emphasized action, scenery, what he can get away with, with the visual effects of the time mm-hmm. and all that for its time and place is all very interesting and neat. But at the end of the day, what holds a story together surprise surprise it's the story and the people delivering that story and how it's being delivered and when you have this kind of caliber of dialogue the emotional weight of characters with this much legacy and that's one of my problems i have with revenge of the sith is i like to close my eyes when i watch that movie and pretend like i'm closing my eyes right now i like to pretend that I've never seen any of the original trilogy. This is the culmination of the Phantom Menace trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen. Darth Vader, that word doesn't mean anything to me. I don't even know what that means. I don't know who Luke Skywalker is. And if you try and do that, that movie just falls so flat on its face. It only exists in a positive way in hindsight of everything that exists before it. And that's fine because it's the sixth movie in a very famous franchise, but you have to still treat it like it matters and treat the performances like the absolute priority in your storytelling. And this show really did do that. And it not only did it with Anakin Skywalker in a way that almost kind of justifies like having hired this guy 30 some odd years ago ago. yeah 20 (laughs) years ago yeah where it's like oh maybe they did pick the right guy after all we just took this long to get it um it does it with ahsoka who's a character that's been in a lot of people's lives for the better part of two decades yeah i was curious to ask you how you're feeling about ahsoka at this point i know in the first few episodes you felt that she was too stoic and you weren't really seeing why people liked the character uh all that much uh are you getting there i guess at this point well, now after this episode and seeing her have a little bit of fun in the last week, mm-hmm. um, I kind of see why she was acting so stoic. Like I see what she was mentally wrestling with. Yeah. yeah. I'm not just being told what she was mentally <laughs> wrestling with. I saw a pretty cool cinematic depiction of what's going on in this lady's brain that has her so shook up, particularly shook up about wanting to train somebody, right? Because I was like, why does this woman have such an objection to even hanging out with Sabine? She's being so mean to this lady who's like, seems pretty competent and like she wants to be a part of this. And yeah, I know she was trained by Darth Vader and they keep telling me that, but then you see something like this and you're like, oh, because that stuff really does matter. You know what I mean? It really does matter to her and she hasn't gotten to kind of, get closure on that. She never got to have closure on, on these moments, on these specific moments that we are seeing right here and not just being told about. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing them portrayed dramatically 
in in emotionally resonant ways cinematically depicted in almost like a dreamlike state that really does allow me as a viewer to you know wrestle with the same quandaries that she's wrestling with and i appreciate all that and i'm starting to like her basically at the end of the day i think she's neat yeah i hope that all makes sense yeah 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 um do you think we're going to see any more anakin uh no, not not this series. I don't think we're going to see any more of them this series, but I wouldn't. Maybe I hear a voiceover or something. <laughs> sure, sure. Or like uh, after she does something big, he's like sitting there with like a CGI Obi Wan, like nodding or yeah. something like that, and like a little Yoda saving puppet. it for the movie. Saving it for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we're going to see a uh, Luke Skywalker? I uh, I was going to joke about uh, how some of these Star Wars series have had episodes that didn't fit with the rest of the series, and I was thinking next week would be the spot to throw that in, just a random episode of Luke doing stuff on whatever planet he's on. Serves no mm-hmm. purpose to the story otherwise, it's just there. <laughs> Do you think that... I don't actually think we're going to see him doing that, or anything. it's just, yeah... Do you think this is going to end with Sabine, uh, like Sabine and Jason getting dropped off at Luke's like academy? I would, if not for the fact that Grogu's not there anymore. He need more than one student, I think. Right? You have you have Sabine and oh yeah, Jason. yeah, okay, okay. But that's why uh, with Sabine being trained by Ahsoka. That was what made me wonder about a second academy that they haven't told us about ever. But oh, that's how Ahsoka began life was this secret Darth Vader apprentice that no one knew about and is never mentioned in any of the movies. I'm trying to spin like a head canon theory about how the Knights of Ren were secretly started by Sabine Wren. Like, oh, oh like, yeah, yeah. Maybe she was like the they hot just, older chick at the academy. The bought- <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. I I don't know. I don't know. I really dug the transition where Ahsoka's pulled out of the water. By the way, I know last week we spoke about the transition from going over the cliff into the water and into the Tron world. The transition back into the waking world was really neat. Like, um, obviously. Yeah, I like, agreed there. Yeah, I also liked it. It's just random. Uh, yeah. Rangers of the the New Republic uh, rescuing or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to backtrack too much, but there's one bit of dialogue that I wanted to mention with Hera and sure. Hu Yang, where uh, she asks about Anakin. I asked oh. about Ahsoka's master, and I'm wondering, does she not know that Anakin was Darth Vader and... I'm curious. So I I read the new canon book Bloodline, right? And in Bloodline, Leia eventually leaves the New Republic because she's like, your shit's all backwards and this is how the Empire started. And she goes and starts her own like militia thing, which eventually becomes whatever Poe was a part of, the Resistance, right? Yeah. Um. In this episode, they say General Organa, right? So we know 
Leia is still with the New Republic, right? So when she left, somebody ousted her as Darth Vader's daughter. So it was still like a secret. Okay, who he was. Uh, yes. Okay. okay. And, and who his children were specifically. Like they knew Luke was one of them. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't know about the sibling thing. The people that saw them kiss, they were going to have questions. They are. They are. Yeah. She married one of them. He thought it was hot. He's into yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. space porn hub page, but it's just my stepsister. It's just my space sister. A step has never been more important. No, no. One step forward, two steps back. Um, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> How did you like uh, the nude scene in this episode? I missed it. What nude scene are you talking about? When Ahsoka wakes up without her headband and you can see what it looks like. <laughs> I saw what her ears look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't need it. I didn't need it because it just looked like pain. And uh, yeah. like the transition from the head tail to the, the forehead. <laughs> I wish they were little mouths. Like they had teeth. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like an opening. Like a, mm-hmm. like a an forehead. orifice. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Have we ever seen her without her... No, no, no. Interesting, interesting. Uh, this white costume she's wearing is <laughs> is what she's in at the end of Rebels, apparently. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, borrowed it from Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, the allusions to Gandalf the White were very, very funny to me. Where yeah. it's like, and now I'm the new Ahsoka, Ahsoka the White, and she's got a big beard. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they don't explain the white costume at the end of Rebels at all. She just has it, and people are already drawing the comparisons. Now oh, it's really? like even more apparent with the, uh, yeah. And now I'm Jesus with yeah. tentacles. I died and came back. <laughs> it is a bit weird how many people just choose whether they're going to live or die in Star Wars. There's Yoda who just <laughs> nods off one day. Mm-hmm. Luke, uh, I can... Only one, Padme. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Padme didn't choose to die. She just died of a broken heart. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I mean, maybe it's just bad doctors. I was saying about that today while watching. Like, well, never worked on a human before. Yeah, that's why we don't we don't hire robot doctors. Yeah. at least my health insurance doesn't cover robot doctors, so I've never fucked with them. But um, the robot doctors don't know how to heal a broken heart. And then we read our so ad for bad. betterhelp.com. It's so bad. Yeah. They operate on you, but it looks like a normal uh, birthing. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. They're like, why are you cutting that open? It's like. Uh, they use deleted scenes from Black Swan that no one wanted to see. Um, <laughs> starring, uh, co starring. Uh, famous uh, sex criminal apologist Mila uh, Kunis. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate. That whole thing is. It, it's a bummer. Sad. She's so pretty. It's like uh, <laughs> that's a bummer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Red bit... Foreman too thing. Yeah, yeah. RoboCop villain. Come on now. Is he still alive? Like, I didn't even think he came back from the dead just to be like, yeah, yeah this guy's an okay guy. You know? I guess his letters were less effective in terms of they weren't asking for leniency, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I guess there's a bit with Mon Mothma, right? Yeah, yeah, she pops in. I like uh, this lady's take on Mon Mothma. Uh, 
not particularly in this episode. It's just kind of there, but in yeah. general, I assume it's the yeah. same person playing her in Andor and Rogue One and and everything. Yeah, everything since the prequels. The original, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, unlike uh, Palpatine, the original actress was not still looking like that. Somehow, Ian McDermott still looked like a crusty space monster. Yeah, I don't know how he's still alive and only 79. Like, he could still knock out another couple of these movies. If he... if he somehow returned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should make a movie about how he fucked and had a granddaughter. <laughs> I think that's something that everyone wants to see. Yeah. The secret yeah. wives of Palpatine. Like, did he do it before he turned into a crusty blue buttman who shot uh, lightning out his fingertips? It or after? Oh, that is a good question. When does that take place? I'm sure someone's done the math. Mm-hmm. Pre or post unlimited power. Like, Was imagine, it with a Twi'lek? <laughs> was it with a Twi'lek? Is that how we make Daisy Ridley's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they could make like space Viagra commercials where he's oh, just screaming God. unlimited power and like lightning shooting out of his hands. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, good marketing. That would be good yeah. marketing. Yeah, good marketing. We're around uh, Lucas Films if you need us to direct a <laughs> intercut inspired. Pal- pal- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Pfizer if you're still around. <laughs> The Pfizer riser, um, the Pfizer riser of the first order. That could be the, uh, mm-hmm. the campaign Pfizer riser of the new Republic. Um, <laughs> Pfizer rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh my God. Um, all right. So their plan. Well, first we should say, Space Korean of the New Republic has a pretty funny line where Mon Mothma's like, tell us what's happening or you're all going to jail. And he's like, well, here's the plan. We just rescued this lady from Tron and <laughs> they are going to go hunt these space samurai down who built a gigantic space ring by talking to a whale and following it. And they're like, what? And then we get to see her talk to the whale with her white robes. Uh, mm-hmm. Second scene, we've seen her go out onto the hull of a ship um, and not go flying away. Did she put on magnet boots this week? I don't think so. Well, maybe. Maybe. I, I didn't really look at her feet. I'm not that kind of guy. Not that kind of guy? <laughs> yeah. I bet the, for me. No, no. There's a lot of people on the internet, uh, Star Wars fans in particular. Quite closely, yes. Quite closely. And they've they've rendered their own interpretations of, uh, weirdly enough, Hera's feet are the ones that I found the most in my quote-unquote research. Um, (laughs) Uh. um, Yeah, so like, what do you think of the space whale sequence? I thought it was silly. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Purgle in general. <laughs> uh, they uh, they kind of got off to a bad foot for me with the Rebels and their introduction. Bad fan, please. Yeah, yeah, just being very, very boring to me. I, uh, they look decent in live action. They look good for TV. It's just, they do. It's just a silly concept, and they don't talk like an avatar, too. So it's... They do not. I wish yeah. they had their own little subtitles when she was talking to it. Mm-hmm. He asked what's wrong and she said, it says it's too painful or whatever. 
the talcoon please not not space whales talcoon um i think uh james cameron oddly enough did more like research on like how he was gonna like because like he thought of like anatomy for space whales and shit like there was like <laughs> that scene with the flight of the concord guy where like we saw like the brain of the space whale you remember mm-hmm. all that yeah yeah yeah, that was that was pretty intense. Um, yeah, so now like we've communicated with the space whale. We've asked it, "Will you take us to purgatory?" Um, Son of a bitch! No. <laughs> Stealing my pun. Yeah, I'm still using it. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, and it ends with them zipping away into hyperspace with the space whales. Um, how are they going to track the whales in hyperspace? Do they ask the whales where they're going? No, no, they do not. They just know. They have a sense for these things. They didn't. They don't even know uh, anything about how they're getting there or where they're headed in the other galaxy. Rather, that's clarified in the common in not the common here, but the. Uh, uh, dialogue with uh, Hu Yang and Ahsoka, and she says it's better than going nowhere. And they're almost out of fuel, I thought, also. I um don't think we're going to get Thrawn until the end of Episode <laughs> 7. Oh, is this Episode 5, right? This is Episode 5. Yeah. I think next week is going to be the race to find Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll, maybe we'll get him at, like, the end and then episode seven uh, will be like the bad guys are with him, but the good guys aren't. And then the end of episode seven will be like the big reveal. Like now it's us first Thrawn and we can't let him get back to the regular universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you think is going to be the, the big villain that's going to be defeated at the end of the series so that we have some sort of uh, closure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of payoff. I know. I don't think it's gonna be Thrawn, obviously. Just that'll be a more yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be Rita Repulsa, uh, Morgan Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I uh, I assume that uh, Ray Stevenson's character is going to have a, a baby face turn. Uh, I kind of expect Ahsoka to beat him without beating him, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, after having this revelation about uh, her past as a childish soldier and uh, wanting to become a uh, keeper of the peace properly this time, not a pawn of the Jedi Order. I agree. I think uh, Stevenson is going to have, like um, like you mentioned, some sort of baby face turn mm-hmm. and give up Thrawn to Ahsoka. And in doing so, I think Shin Hadi, his... Uh, who I still think is his daughter, um, the younger, hot lady yeah. Jedi. I think she's going to see this guy, you know, give up his evil ways and also turn good and be like a new recurring character or like make it out of here and be a good guy. Yeah. yeah That's my big that. prediction. That's my big prediction. But mm-hmm. I, I don't see Morgan Elizabeth making it, making it to whatever's after Ahsoka here yeah no. i uh hope we get a bit more character development with uh, balan's soul i want to know more about what he wants to do uh, after he brings everything down me too i 
we didn't get any of him or Shin Hadi this week. I hope next week is kind of their episode. Yeah, yeah. In a it lot of ways. Nice. Like, it, like the random uh, standalone episode of the season was just their backstory. I'd be fine with that. That would be cool. Assuming it doesn't suck. <laughs> as, as long as it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had for that qualifier on it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, but, I'm crying next week and it, because of how bad it is. Yeah. I mean, one thing we've learned is like if you get good actors doing and saying dialogue that like is meaningful and you mm-hmm. shoot it in a meaningful way and like pay attention to the performance, it makes things that. <laughs> shouldn't be good good we learned that this week with everything Hayden Christensen did so yes uh, I'm yes. hoping yeah hoping with the gravitas of a, a Ray Stevenson that's what we get next week I would love if next week was just like psych no Thrawn we're learning about this guy <laughs> like even if it's them like on their way to him and it's like just flashbacks of like what what he got up to and how he fucked around before this that would be dope mm-hmm. maybe finding Shin Hadi you know and taking her in or something along those lines. I, I want to know what the deal is with those guys. Cause I like those characters a lot and I don't want it to be in an okay Marvel comic that I don't buy. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you want to say about uh, Ahsoka part five shadow warrior before we jump into our final thoughts and our reviews on the episode? I uh, know. No. All right, let's get into it then. That's how you really feel. Let's rate this. We here at the Fet and the Furious rate and review all of our installments from one to five McClunkies. One McClunky being the worst. Five McClunkies being the best. We do accept half McClunkies. With that being said, Ahsoka season one probably have won part five (laughs) (laughs) shadow warrior travis what say you one out of five okay this is going to be the same as last week for different reasons it's going to be a four or out of five Mm -hmm. i uh enjoyed this a lot uh last week it was like the pure action episode for me this had a bit of action and a bit of character development and reminding me of the good traits of the character and it's trending in the right direction as a, a, an overall show. So hopefully they can keep that momentum up. Uh, it was nice to see Aiden Christensen actually get to do something good uh, as far as acting in a Star Wars thing. Uh, as Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like the most surprising thing to me where this was the episode that I was most cautiously optimistic about because I have famously kind of dismissed Dave Filoni mm-hmm. as like a filmmaker where I think he's a pretty cool guy behind the scenes. Again, as like the protege, the Padawan to Mr. Georgie Porgy Lucas. He is fantastic with the world building stuff and really, really cares deeply about the lore and is one of the guys who was made responsible uh, for the lore, everything that he created back then had to get the clearance from George. He got the clearance from George. He almost single-handedly created the character that is Ahsoka Tano. The only thing is 
will his traits translate to the emotional depths and resonance that I want it to in this medium, as opposed to a 22 episode season of a CGI cartoon made for babies. And based on the first two episodes that he wrote and directed, I was very nervous on his abilities along with those episodes that he directed the Mandalorian where they felt like they were being written and made by somebody who has the luxury of 22 episodes and tries to just be like, here's this world and here's all these interesting things about this world. And he's doing it all very quickly, a lot of telling with very little showing. So I was cautiously optimistic about this episode and I am so happy that I was proven wrong. I'm actually going to give this a little higher rating than I gave last week, despite maybe liking last week on like a barbaric kind of archaic, like I like lightsaber stuff. Uh, I feel very judged. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I like that shit, dude. Like I just wanted like, like June, June space stuff, you know, you know, I, I, one of the things you and I were both excited about with this season is like, well, we like lightsaber stuff. So at least it's about Jedi's again, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. I'm going to give this week a four out of five because the episode almost single-handedly made me give a fuck about Ahsoka Tanu and kind of made me single-handedly give a fuck about Anakin Skywalker, a character who I almost like to forget exists from the prequels Mm -hmm. where I think if I read the cliff notes of how he got to be Vader, I'd have gotten enough about the character as I did in those prequels. There was not a lot of nuance to that storytelling, whether that was intentional or not. <laughs> Lord knows if it wasn't like I questioned the abilities of one of the most famous filmmakers ever made uh, of all time. But the sequences between him and Ahsoka this week actually worked on an emotional level like did it only work because we have so much history with these characters and this franchise sure but like that's part of the beauty of like this long serialized format and these like kind of pulpy adventures like this felt like a huge payoff the way something would like emotionally in like a Spider-Man comic or something along those lines where I've been reading this thing for like a really long time. And I finally get this like, you know, big closure between Doc Ock and Aunt May or whatever the fuck is going on in Spider-Man for three years. The relationship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And are they going to show full penetration and how big is Doc Ock? Yeah. 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 Only Mark Bagley can. Yeah, unlimited power again. Back to our, our I'm just saying you all the cross hatching. <laughs> oh my god, all uh, the cross hatching. Yeah, imagine Liefeld did it, and it's just like really fat but really short. Like, uh, did you see Liefeld did a Sam Wilson Captain America thing this week? I I did not. I I was thinking of spaghetti webbing, but semen. Okay. <laughs> oh god, dirty, dirty. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. No, this felt like a huge payoff, not in a bombastic action way, but an actual uh, thematic, emotional way. Not what I was expecting. 
I was kind of expecting all member Barry, like, remember this yeah. or remember this? Yeah, yeah. This didn't really feel concerned with that. This felt concerned with the characters' emotions and where they are in the story and things mm-hmm. along those lines, um, which was a really, really nice change of pace for a franchise that hasn't felt concerned in the, about those kinds of things for for quite some time. So yeah, this is a this is a four out of five. I I want to see more episodes like this. I understand each week cannot be like this because this is a kind of like pump the brakes episode mm-hmm. in the best way imaginable. And if we get one more kind of couple big action beats and then we get this between Ahsoka and Thrawn, you know what I mean? Where like Ahsoka's come to terms with her evil master and now Thrawn, again, like his former boss was the emperor and now the emperor is not around. They're both these kind of like Ronin figures. Like if we're bringing it back to like, um, you know, feudal Japanese analogies and the Kurosawa yeah. stuff that influenced this franchise so much. They're both warriors without a master in many ways. And I think that's interesting territory to delve into for a franchise uh, that is famous for delving into that kind of territory. Like here's a new trope that we can go all in on. This gave me faith in that. And, and I'm really, really excited about where the hell it's going. So yeah, there's a hundred percent of four out of five. I'm stoked. Agreed. Are you ready to talk some news and hear me squeal like a little girl <laughs> when we talk about something very, very exciting in a moment? Sure, sure. All right. We finally get to talk about Wet Lobo, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> the actual name of this new Aquaman movie that's coming out. Yeah, it does have it does have like a sub name. It is called Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, aka Aquaman Two, aka Wet Lobo, the Wet Lobo Returns, directed by James Wan. The trailer came out. This movie comes out in like three months and yeah. pretty much I only heard bad things about it is it's atypical because what do you see films you figure it's the best thing since the dark knight it's the best thing since the nolan movies or whatnot and it's it's mm-hmm. never that pretty much <laughs> no 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 and and i mean this thing has been i i don't want to say like developmental hell because like this thing was greenlit right away because the first movie shockingly made over a billion dollars <laughs> Uh, and it came out in the same week as Spider-Verse, which also made a shit ton of money, if memory serves. I remember seeing them both the same weekend. But mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it came out like during a busy season, and it's Aquaman. Yeah. Um, I love the first Aquaman movie for its silly, vibrant colors, it not taking the source material so fuck-all-hopeless-serious the way... <laughs> Uh, a lot of the movies at the time did like the, the Schneider movies where it's like, you know, the, the, the man of steel, like I know people like that movie, but that's a Superman movie for people who hate Superman. You know, that's, that's, um, that's a Superman movie. That's embarrassed to be a Superman movie. Cause like Superman's for babies. This ain't your grandpa's Superman. Yes, and yes. then Aquaman's like, 
move Just over a, a giant yeah yeah a giant octopus pushes them over yeah. and starts banging some drums while Dolph Lundgren rides in on his seahorse and says something like he who controls six of the seven kingdoms shall be named Ocean Master. And I'm sitting there like, yes, yes, yes. Like taking my wallet out to see if I have to go to the ATM to throw more singles at the fucking screen. Uh-huh. Um, this looks like more of the same. Yeah, yeah. The, the introduction of a child is the only thing that makes it like less appealing to me. I don't like the first stories. The first movie story wasn't great either. It was like a whole bunch of genres mixed together, kind of, and it, it kind of worked for it. Because it's like four horrible. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of it, they like go to Sicily and Egypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the whole Lovecraft Sea uh, Fishman. <laughs> yes, the trench of the Fishman. Yes. Yeah, and then it turns mm-hmm. into Ant Man and the Wasp for a little bit. With the- <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, Hot Redhead wears a jellyfish dress and an octopus plays drums uh, on a fire pit. Mm-hmm. And Dolph Lundgren rides a seahorse. And there's a guy named Ocean Master in it, which it is the amazing. coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. Looks amazing. It also looks amazing. Yeah. Okay, so Black Manta is the big bad of this sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, good and bad for me because I want all the Black Manta and... I have a feeling he's going to die at the end of this thing. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Maybe he'll just get put into like a sea prison or whatever. Cause they show uh <laughs> Orm, the ocean master, coolest name of all time in like some sort of sea prison. Right. Yes. Yes, they do. He looks like he's playing like the Loki in dark world role of, of this movie. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You're scared of aqua baby. Huh? Yeah, I don't want too much of it. Would you have preferred an Aqualad? <laughs> sure, sure. It's only just like the newer, cool one. You mean the gay one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he is pretty cool. He is pretty cool. Um, I can't wait for this thing now. And like... I, I track yeah, down so gaudy and wonderful. Yeah. And like James Wan so uh, shots in it that are clearly made just for the trailer, but yeah. Uh, but that's like how the whole first movie looks. Yeah. 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 I'm excited. <laughs> I'm sure they yeah. didn't include it all. Yeah. Um, James Wan's last movie was about a monster telekinetic, baby that got pushed into a woman's head and then took the shape of like a malignant tumor and then like controlled her and turned her into John wick and like destroyed people in a female prison. And it was crazy. That movie cost like a hundred million dollars to make and was like insane. Like I, I like that you described it like that and then had the need to also say that it's crazy as if it wasn't. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it's like territory. Yeah. yeah. Like James Wan's a, a, an insane person movie maker who likes making insane movies for adults that like things that babies like. Um, Furious 7, another like movie that's just like batshit crazy where like Vin Diesel drives a supercar off like the largest building in the world into another building and then off Mm -hmm. another building and then 
like they actually launch a car out of the building and like show it crash and like him and Jason Statham have like a lightsaber fight at the end with like a wrench and like like uh, one of those things, like a tire jack, and yeah. like it's got like coral, like Duel of the Fates playing while it's like Vin Diesel and Jason Statham, like lightsaber battling with wrenches. And it ends with Vin Diesel like kicking the street and causing an earthquake, and Jason Statham like falling into the earthquake. It's like <laughs> he's a crazy person. The rock in that movie rips a Gatling gun off a helicopter and just starts walking down LA, like shooting it. <laughs> Uh, he, he also has a broken arm and when he sees all the action happening from his hospital room he tells his kid daddy's got to go to work and flexes so hard that it breaks the cast which is uh that's very stupid and, it's so stupid yeah yeah it's what i tell my cat every day before i go to work she sits at the door and i just say daddy's got to go to work and i flex real hard and walk out my door um i can't wait for Aquamanto. can't wait yes yes can't wait. Can't wait. Looking forward to covering it on the show yeah. uh, when it comes out and probably being the only two people in the world who like this thing. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> seems like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brightburn sequel, similar, uh, like a fucking Superman, evil Superman thing. Uh, this is only notable because James Gunn produced the first one and the sequel is going to be written by AI, apparently, which sounds fucking awful. I can't believe they're just straight up, like, saying that in the news. Yeah, with all the ill will. I guess they, they want you to know there aren't any scabs working on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> We're pro-union. We're just going to do this awful thing while, before it comes out loud. Mm-hmm. By Directed unions. by Drew Barrymore, written by artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you seen that thing about how Drew Barrymore like went back to work and was like, "Well, we're a talk show, so they're not real writers," and everyone's just like throwing tomatoes at her building and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they were also checking people uh, for pro union stuff. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They like kicked someone out of a recording because they like ripped their shirt off and had like a support WGA or something on, <laughs> right? I, I'm not 100% sure of the specifics. The, uh, but yeah, yeah. I kind of like the first Bright Burn. Um, fun concept, a, fun execution, not my kind of story. But yeah, yeah, I think it's okay. I uh, I didn't like it as much as I, I hoped. And the boys coming out and having an evil Superman that <laughs> was so much better didn't help. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like um, that actress, Elizabeth Banks. I know she's like like directing and producing movies more now. She made that like Charlie's Angels movie that no one liked except for me. Um, made a uh, decent Kevin Smith movie, uh, Zack and Mary. Maybe yep. the last decent one of his, in my yep. opinion. Uh, oh, you didn't like Tusk? Yeah, uh, she's... <laughs> Tusk has <laughs> one good performance. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, that old guy. Uh, something Cox, right? Uh, Michael Parks or something, I think is his Michael name. Parks, Michael yeah, Parks. Yeah, yeah, he's very fun in that movie. He's fucking unhinged, and that yes. makes it bearable. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like Elizabeth Banks. Back in the day, I thought she would have made a good Carol Danvers. I remember, like... I can see that, yeah. Yeah, like fan casting her back in, like, whenever that 
Kelly Sue run was about. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, they should make this into a movie. I'm sure people will love it and no one will have anything bad to say about Carol Danvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I like uh, Elizabeth Banks. You ever see uh, Wet Hot American Summer? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm oh. Slither. She's in Slither, too, I think. She is in Slither. Her she is in Slither. Oh, yeah, she's banging Michael Rooker in that movie. <laughs> she also plays Rita Repulsa in that Power Rangers reboot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. A movie I saw in theaters and was, like, actively embarrassed to be in the movie theater watching. Oh, you, um, you know, like the cow joke was funny when they talk about milking the cow and it's a boy cow. Yeah. I don't know. I like went yeah. on a date and I was like, I'm so sorry. I kept like embarrassed, like saying I'm sorry. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have yeah, a boy movie. Uh, apparently, film, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. 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 The Crooked Man based on a uh, like a pretty acclaimed fucking, you know, story arc and Mike Mignola's Hellboy, you know, I really love it. Um, this movie has it, been shot and and it's been filmed. Yeah, it's already filmed. It's interesting. I, uh, because I don't think there's been any casting news or yet, has there? Or, yeah, no, there there has been. Um, you uh, know the guy who played uh, Black Tom Cassidy in Deadpool 2? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the new Hellboy, Jack Kessie, Kesey. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mignola wrote the script for this thing too. Oh, right. well, maybe it'll turn out all right. I, uh... yeah, I want to know like what the budget is for this thing because like the news this week is that it was picked up by a film distributor production company by the name of Ketchup Entertainment, and we all said, "What the fuck is Ketchup Entertainment? I have no idea what that is." And um. It makes me worry about it being like the quality of like a, the later Hellraiser stuff, like before they rebooted properly. <laughs> Something sure. like that with Hellboy. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, one thing that I'm going to say like hesitantly, and again, I've used the term cautiously optimistic a couple of times on the pod today, but mm-hmm. um, the Crooked Man is a story arc that's kind of like a one-off Right. It takes place in the 1950s and Hellboy and this like rookie BPRD guy, um, they get stranded in rural Appalachia Mm -hmm. and they find this like small community that's like kind of abandoned in the middle of this like hillbilly, like, you know, Kentucky kind of Appalachia town um, that are all witches led by um, like a devil by the name of the crooked man. So it, it is kind of this like little bottle episode, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the studios like film studios vision of what Hellboy is, is very different than what like Hellboy actually is. Right. <laughs> like I like Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy, but that yes. is definitely like Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of whimsy and a lot of imagination. The film studios seem to think Hellboy is this like, action franchise when it's really just like quirky spooky shit and silly monster stuff yeah so like maybe doing something where it's like we put it all into like a simple prosthetic for the character i I don't know like maybe like this being smaller will like get back to like what what mike mignola's hellboy actually is you know what i mean that's what i'm thinking 
or hoping, but I doubt it's going to be like that. It's probably going to be like fucking Hellraiser four or whatever. That <laughs> wasn't even a Hellraiser movie, and then they yeah, put Pinhead yeah, in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys did not bring it to work. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, a Lando movie or the the Lando series? It's been announced or whatever is now going to be a movie uh if it gets made uh, yeah <laughs> if it gets made yeah yeah uh something to look forward to maybe yeah and like this was supposed to be a television uh, originally it was supposed to be a movie then it was a disney plus series now it's reported that it's going to be back to a yeah. movie donald glover's brother and Donald Glover were are reportedly writing this thing and mm-hmm. Don Glover's brother Steven uh went on some podcast and said it's not even a show the idea is to do it as a movie right now oh, okay yeah yeah uh quoted as right now because of the strike it's kind of like telephone all the information <laughs> coming out about it so like yeah, All this news right now is going to be very shaky. Yeah, I do want to see Donald Glover again, much like Hayden Christensen. I think Donald Glover would be sick as Lando. I think it would be very fun. Yeah, yeah. Does uh, a great Billy D. Williams impression. The, the, <laughs> the only downside to fucking doing a movie about Lando is that it's more fucking old stuff. Like, if it carries, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh, but we get to see him fuck a robot. Hopefully. 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 Or Hoover vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last bit of news that I have is the Werewolf by Night re-release in color this time. October 20th. How do you feel about this? I think it's something I will watch probably once and then go back to the black and white version. Uh, yeah. I am curious to see it. Just as like a gimmick. But yeah. It feels like a gimmick. A little bit. I mean, it feels like the writers are on strike and they don't have any mm-hmm. <laughs> show, so they want to, yeah, give a little boost to those Disney Plus subscriber count. And this thing was shot in color. This wasn't shot on like black and white film stock or anything along those lines. So it's not even like a recolorized or anything well, along those lines. Yeah, it could have been fun though. Like if they <laughs> they did it like they used to do old movies, like in the the early days of color. <laughs> Like it's a wonderful life or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was colored like that. Uh. <laughs> like they hand rotoscope painted the whole <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been fun. I I was looking forward to another one of these like holiday specials. Like I thought those Same. were like a fun idea. Um, like doing a, I don't know, well, like a Halloween a, one in general. Like horror fans, I think that's always going to have some appeal. And it's stuff that they can explore that they wouldn't normally explore. Yeah. Like they're not going to go out on a whim and just be like, we're going to do a $200 million fucking man thing movie or, or a man movie or something along those lines. But yeah. we give you 20 minutes to do a man you know, it's a little risk. Yeah. 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 And, and doing it as like a 30 minute specials, low risk, high reward kind of scenario. And Werewolf by Night paid off. I had a lot of fun with that series last year or that, that little episode last year. Yeah, I think everyone kind of liked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good time. Good time. Fun was had by all. 
Next week, we will be back for part six of Ahsoka, which is really heating up. I'm very excited about that. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us on social media at the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that Travis Kira and I have started to talk any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, comic books, Donald Glover, sex robots, um, Greedos, uh, DeviantArt feet picks, you name it. Uh, you can also reach out to us if you'd like by email at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast at gmail.com. We finally got some justice for Hayden, Travis. With all that being said, my name is John. I'm Travis. And McClunky. Laziest McClunky I've ever given. <laughs> 